Welcome, everyone, to the Gridiron Review Podcast. I'm Zach, that's Jack, and we are glad to have you all here and are excited to be a part of your NFL off-season coverage. In this episode, we will be breaking down every team's situation heading into their off-season. We will be discussing cap space, draft position, and number of picks, as well as positive, neutrals, and negatives in regards to positional groups. And lastly, we will discuss free agent fits and top prospect fits, specifically in the first round for now. At pick 11 is the newly named Washington Commies. I mean, Commanders. I heard Pat McAfee make that joke. And, you know, for a joke in an organization and all the stuff going on, I wouldn't be surprised if that nickname sticks. They have a lot of cap space. They rank 10th with like 30 million, 300,000 ish. They have almost all their picks with the exception of the fifth. They do not have their fifth round pick and they don't have any extra picks. Their key free agents are Brian Sheriff and JD McKissick. Their running backs, even without McKissick, are still not bad. They're more of a positive with Antonio Gibson and Jarrett Patterson. And obviously, anyone that knows Washington knows their defensive line is strong and incredibly invested in. Despite all the injuries last year, doesn't seem like it'd be a pattern. I mean, you had some weird ones. Like, I think Montez Sweat broke his jaw. And it's like just wild. But assuming they're all back and healthy, that may be the best defensive line in football. Neutral positions, the wide receivers are okay. Obviously, Gary Terry is maybe one of the most underrated wide receivers in football. And maybe with a really good quarterback, he's a top receiver. Curtis Samuel was hurt most of the year, and he's been hurt in his career before, so it's unknown whether this is a pattern or just a freak thing, but they also drafted Antonio Gandy-Golden in the fourth, I believe, and Cam Sims is a free agent, but he might resign. You know, he's not a big name. He's a big body. We'll see. Tight ends are, are average. Logan Thomas seemed to be massively trending up last year until he got hurt, and John Bate is not bad. I think he's TikTok famous for playing football with kids in his uh, development or something like that. But he seemed to be leaned on heavily going down the stretch by uh, Heineke. And he seemed to be up for the challenge. So maybe he's a steal. And their O-line is okay, which losing Sheriff, they're going to have to replace him. And their linebackers, they have Cole Holcomb, who seems to be pretty good. And Jamin Davis was their first round pick last year. So he's definitely got another year, you'd think, despite what we heard was an underwhelming year. And their defensive backs, again, are average. You could add a couple bodies. You know, what do you think about Landon Collins? Uh, their depth at safety is average. Their corners are, again, okay. All of it's okay. Certainly with their defense playing as bad as it did and underperforming as bad as it did, you'd think they add another body. It needs to be addressed as quarterback, no matter what you think. Heineke is a good backup. He might even be a great backup. He's not a starter. At least it doesn't feel like it. Uh, their best free agent fits. The first one we have is Marcus Mariota. Uh, Washington is one of the few teams that we would argue desperately needs a quarterback. And I know they're rumored to be drafting someone, but we are not high on this draft class beyond one quarterback. And even then, eh. uh, so Marcus Mariota would allow, you know, Rivera to have shades of cam. Obviously, they're not the same quarterback in any way, but having that mobile quarterback to run the offense for two weeks until he gets hurt you know, pulls a hamstring, then you're back to your backup. So make sure you have a good backup, folks. We think they could add a mid-tier receiver in the free agent class. We didn't have it. None of the names stood out particularly, but we don't think they go after one of the big guys, nor do we think if you're looking to compete, one of the big receivers would go there. We also have them filling that re- that linebacker spot with potentially with someone like Anthony Barr, who would be a nice veteran presence on a super young defense and fill in that third linebacker position in a way they're missing that pass rusher drop back ability in their linebacker core and then we also have them taking possibly a big swing with jesse bates but we'll see they, they do make sense for jesse bates so whether they make any of these drastic moves whether they draft a quarterback instead of signing one 
we will see. And uh, speaking of drafting a quarterback, we have their best draft fits as Malik Willis. A lot of them have Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett. And we just, for our money, Malik Willis offers the most upside. And when you're drafting a quarterback in an unspectacular class, you just got to go upside. What, what's the point of taking the safe pick? You have the safe quarterback in Heineke right now. Why do you want more of that? Nothing against Heineke, but if you're drafting in the 11th pick, you're not taking, you know, a game manager, ideally. I think you've always been on the upside. We think they could draft a receiver here. Traylon Burks, Drake London would pair really well with, with McLaren or one of the other guys. There's a lot of receivers in this draft. And if they don't want to go offensive weapon, someone like Kenyon Green to replace Brandon Sheriff would make a lot of sense. Also, just to throw in there, they could be another team trading for a quarterback. The reports, and we'll talk about this more later, but Carson Wentz might be traded. He could go to Washington, play Eagles twice a year. I'm sure that'd be a lot of fun. Just like Simmons going to the Nets. Anyway, that's a little bit of a digress. Jack, we are on pick 12. Go ahead. The Minnesota Vikings have picked 12 this year. First off, congratulations to new head coach Kevin O'Connell on his Super Bowl win. I hope you're at the bank because your new team is $14 million in the hole, ranking them 29th in the league. This team, although in the hole, does have a lot of opportunity to move money around. I mean, first off, your key free agents are Anthony Barr, Pat Pete, Sheldon Richardson, and Xavier Woods. I mean, those are some big-name veteran guys. However, they come with age. So I would really kind of be surprised if O'Connell and whoever he brings in as his DC decide to bring these guys back. I mean, unless it's one, two-year deals, maybe. But before I get into anything else, I think you need to sit down with your staff and consider who can we move. And Cousins, who has somewhere between, I think Zach said like a 35 and a $45 million. 45, it's 45 yeah. Yeah, $45 million cap hit. I think you got to consider moving him. And even if you don't think Mond is the guy, just bring in another veteran or do something. But Kirk Cousins is too average to be getting paid $45 million. I don't think you move Cook just because he's the centerpiece of your offense, arguably. However, for the right price, for a guy who seems to be always injured, I, I think for the right price, you can argue that your backups can handle a committee role or maybe you bring in another guy. Thielen, I mean, I would hate to see him leave Minnesota. I mean, the story of Minnesota is just flowing through his blood. But he's another guy getting paid a lot. And it just, unless O'Connell's got a plan for him, I don't know if he's worth the cap right now. And then we have a trades article out talking about the defensive pieces that might be moved. Kendricks, I mean, you tra- you draft Chasserat. Maybe he's the uh, replacement for Anthony Barr. Or maybe he's the answer for Eric Kendricks, who you might move. Maybe you move Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce, Harrison Smith, who's in his 30s now. Like, there's... There's so many options of age guys that you could get rid of to clear cap. And maybe O'Connell starts fresh. Like if, if management told them like, Hey, we're going to give you a couple years to get you the roster that you need. Then I, I don't think it's a bad idea to start the rebuild now rather than two years in being like, Oh, well I'm two years in, we haven't gone anywhere. Now I got to rebuild. I'm on the hot seat, What whatever may happen. But in terms of draft picks, they, do not have a fourth. They have two extra sixths. We said that their positives were running back and receiver and their D-line. There's a lot of depth there, whether you like the starters or not. There is some young depth there. In terms of things that need to be dressed right away, defensive back, kind of secondary needs is pretty much everything else. Quarterback, tight end, guard, linebacker. Oh, well, 
That was pretty specific. I meant to say O-line, but the guards are the issue on the O-line. In terms of how we think it'll be addressed, assuming you keep Eric Hendricks, we assume that Surratt's ready to take on one of the linebacker roles. Now, whether that's the -the off-the-edge type position that Barr played or the other off-the-ball linebacker with Kendricks, we think he that he's most likely ready to go at this point. But I think you still need another linebacker. And whether you want to play him off-ball or in the Anthony Barr role, we think that Leighton Vanderesh seems to make a lot of sense here. As I spoke about, I believe in one of the earlier breakdowns, Vanderesh played seven-on-seven. Seven, so his ability to get around in coverage and just kind of read the field is – I feel like better than you're going to find from some of the other guys. And Van Der Esch is one of the better blitzing linebackers. So maybe you do put him off the edge and the skills translate. He he doesn't have like necessarily the speed um, that Barr did when he was playing that role, but I think it's a nice uh, piece to replace him. In terms of tight end, Irv Smith Jr., not bad, but I mean, he was hurt for most of the year. Zach seems to think that a guy like Hayden Hirsch makes sense here. A guy that can catch the ball, that can block, does a little bit of everything, but nothing incredibly well. And I mean, as I was sitting here listening to Zach talk about the commies, I mean, the commanders, the other tight end that makes sense to me is Gerald Everett, just because he, like thinking back, he does have a history with the Rams and Kevin O'Connell. So maybe you bring him back and he he becomes your two or if Smith gets hurt, become he can step up and be your one. In terms of draft fits, possibly one of the linebackers, uh, Lloyd or Nakobe Dean, if they're sitting there. Kenyon Green seems to be the consensus number one interior offensive lineman right now. Maybe you take him to solidify the line. But I think overall right now, you just got to go for one of the corners. With Pat Pete. Um, heading into free agency, Cam Dantzler is your your one corner, and everything after that is just a giant question mark. So if you can get a guy like Sauce or Stingley here, which I doubt, but even the next tier of guys, Booth, McDuffie, McCreary, I just don't think in a division where if everyone stays put, you can compete with guys like A-Rob and Lazard and Adams and even Aminra. Like, I don't think you have a guy that's going to match up well with him. And secondary's weak, but this seems like a team, much like the Seahawks, that could tear it down and start the rebuild now. I mean, $14 million, if you leave it like that, you're not signing anybody.